Welcome to A Word From The Wise, the Soulwise podcast. We come to you the beginning of each month where we talk about products that we do, uh, news in the industry, and uh, just anything that we think you might be interested in. You can hear us on Spotify, Amazon Music. We can be seen on video on YouTube, uh, or just find us wherever you normally get your podcasts from. Welcome to A Word From The Wise, the Soulwise podcast with myself, Louise Barrett, Daniel Coombs from the support team. Yeah. We are going to do essentially an FAQ this time. Uh, so I'll ask you some of the questions that you get asked yeah. and then we'll it's, go it's, through that. It's and... going to be a, a support themed podcast episode. Exactly. <laughs> Tales from the support desk, we'll call it. So what's the most common question you get asked, do you think? Uh... I'd say definitely the most common question is on on the theme of what 4G antenna do I need for my 4G system. And is there a common answer to that? Yeah, the most common answer I'd say is the pointing X-Pole 1. Right. This is kind of like a, a jack-of-all-trades antenna. Yeah, and we're slightly going through a change with that at the moment though, aren't we? Because uh, the 4G version has actually been discontinued today. Yeah. That's it. We've just it's been discontinued a while. However, the last one has gone out today and that's mm. it. We have no more left. So what's going to be your around. answer going forward then now that we don't have the 4G version? Uh, the 5G version <laughs> which <laughs> right. which we've also had for a while and is very very similar in terms of specs and performance and um, price. Yeah, yeah. They do price. two versions though, don't they, of the four five G X Pole One. Mm. So, what's the difference between the twenty one and the forty one? The difference between them, the the same in pretty much every way in terms of how they look, the size. Um, but the twenty one has it's a two by two antenna, which yeah. means it's it's sort of like two antennas built into one. Yeah. With two separate cable streams coming out of it and it's going to your router because most. 4G routers nowadays that most people use at least are two by two routers so they've got two antenna connections on them. Uh, the XPOL 5G 41 is a four by four antenna which basically means it's four antennas built into one with four separate cable streams coming out of it. So it's only worth going for that if your router has got four antenna connectors. Though. Yeah or if you two routers right next to each other. Like oh, well, you could do that, could you? Could do, if, right. if you are so inclined. Yeah. Don't know exactly what the point of that would be, but I'm sure there's some scenarios where yeah. that could be helpful. But yeah. I, th I think the reason there are so many questions about 4G antennas, some that require a more sophisticated answer than just get the X-Pole, is that there's a lot of, there's, there's a lot of different confusion about what all the specs mean about them, like decibel level, um, Frequencies Omni, yeah, almost, omnidirectional, directional, the differences, yeah. and so uh, it can be quite intimidating if you're not really used to the whole. Well, that's idea the joy of having you on the team, Daniel, because yeah, exactly. you can answer all these questions for people. Yeah, very, very used to answering them. Yeah. All right. Well, let's move on to the next one then. What are some mistakes that people make? That you know, that are common mistakes that when they ring in, you'll say, you'll you'll know straight away what's what's gone wrong. Some of it just relates to people saying the wrong things for what they mean. Right. Um, so some people 
or a confusion of what the products do. Like yeah. going back to the Foggy antennas we were just discussing, a lot of people think of them as like a mobile signal booster. Yeah. Like they put it up outside and it'll boost the actual mobile signal in the area to make it better for their phones and stuff. Yeah. Which obviously isn't what they do. They're specifically designed to go into something like a router and bring a 4G signal into that. So it's there's a bit of confusion there. Mobile signal boosters are a thing, but they're a whole separate thing entirely from the 4G antennas we do. We do get asked about mobile signal boosters though, don't we? And, yeah. and I think people are best off, I think, going to the Ofcom site because so many of them are illegal for use in this country. Um, we did dabble with the idea of selling them before mm. your time. It must yeah. have been about six or seven years ago. Um, and they were totally illegal back then. Ofcom have um, ratified some, so you need to go to the Ofcom site and see which ones you can use in this country. But my recommendation on that question, which is often asked, is go to your mobile phone supplier mm. um, and ask them, because they will tell you what you can use on their network and you're better off just buying it from them. Mm. They're very expensive though, aren't they? Mm. I don't think I've ever seen a decent one any less than about four or five hundred quid. Yes, yeah, it's, 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 it's a lot of money to spend on something that I've heard doesn't work too well all the time. Yeah, so. activate Wi-Fi calling and you'll find that's probably your best bet on your <laughs> mobile phone. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, moving on from there, what about things like IP address confusion? Because you see that in the films, they put an IP address up and you, and it's usually an IP address it? that would never exist in real life. Exactly well. right, yeah. Um, so you get confusion with that with Well, people? sometimes we do. Obviously, for for the most part, IP addresses aren't going to come up for, for most people. But a lot of the stuff we do, um, some of the routers and the access points and kits and stuff, they're all configured via a web interface that you access via the IP address of that device. And that tends to intimidate a lot of people because it's a string of numbers with dots in between. It looks very techy and uh, they they've never don't know what to do with it, never seen it before. Um, but normally it's really simple. For, for most of the things we do that have that, they'll have Wi-Fi as well. And if you just connect your device into the Wi-Fi of the Wi-Fi signal of that device, you then go into your web browser like Google, Chrome or Firefox, Safari, mm -hmm. and just type that IP address into the web address bar along the top and it brings you right through to the uh, web interface where you can, you can go through all the settings. config settings yeah. yeah so it's it's basically just typing in like bbc.com or something like that .co .uk. So you just put a bunch in, of decimals yeah, in, yeah. It's, instead of letters you just type in numbers and the ip address is the number that you would use in this case yeah so it's kind of, it's kind of like a, a web address in that particular scenario yeah, right? so just it. done in a well, different style even not to get overly confusing, but even a web address really is just a, an IP address, but Indeed. in a more easy to remember way. Absolutely, yeah. What about things like power supplies? Do you find people might buy something secondhand and um, and put wrong power supplies in? Sometimes. That not, not normally with regular plug socket power supplies. People mm -hmm. normally have good grips with them. But a lot of the things we do are powered by... POE, which stands for Power Over Ethernet, yeah. which is uh, it's just a type of power solution used with some devices where, for instance, an outdoor IP camera or outdoor Wi-Fi access point is going to be obviously mounted probably too far away for any regular plug socket to reach. So the best way of getting power to them is via 
just an ethernet cable, like a Cat5 cable, Cat6 cable, that you would use to connect it to a network. And PoE is basically a way where you can have it be a power supply at the bottom end, the device at the other end, ethernet cable going between them, and that brings the power. But PoE, it's a bit more tricky in terms of how much power is meant to go to the unit, because a lot of the stuff we do, like the access points, they operate on, say, 24 volt PoE, mm. whereas most standard PoE power sources, whether that be PoE injectors or PoE switches, they tend to operate on one of the PoE standards of 802.3 AF or AT, which is like 48 volts, 51 volts, mm -hmm. so it's too much power. So you sometimes get people who've called up who've blown up their devices basically by plugging them into a PoE switch and sending way too much power up to them. So, so if you had, for instance, a Teltonica router that takes 24 volts, yeah. you need a 24 volt PoE injector to yeah. make that work, which we do do. Um, yeah, we do a few but, uh, but if someone is not sure, that it might be that they buy something from somewhere yeah. else, 48 volts and, and just kill it. And it's just a, a lot of people may perhaps already have a PoE switch set up, which they're using with other indoor devices. And yeah. then they bought one of ours and they just think, oh, well, I'll just add this to the PoE switch. Yeah. It doesn't quite work like that all the time. If, it, if it, I mean, we're, we're using the term blow it up. Does, does, <laughs> it, does not, it really kill it? It, it can do. It's, it's not a physical explosion, obviously, and it doesn't always kill it. It might just not work properly and you're not right. sure why. And so then you want to hope that's to, the main way. Yeah, so, but we have had cases where it has killed it and it's right. just dead which is obviously unfortunate and uh, so best avoided yeah so if you're going to use something with poe then uh, double check what it needs yeah i guess exactly. yeah read the fine print yeah is there any strange problems you get so is there anything tell us a funny story for instance is, is there anything that um, someone's rung up and said well this doesn't work and and when you've done the research you found that yeah. there's something really weird well i didn't think it was too funny at the time yeah. But we have had a case, because another thing I do here is when people have devices that say stop working or there's a problem with them, they'll send them back here Yeah. see if we can repair them or just end up replacing them. And we had someone who uh, had an outdoor Wi-Fi access point that wasn't working, and so I said send it in, and it arrived. Yeah. And I opened up didn't open it up, I opened up the, the lid where the uh, power supplies go into and there was a, uh, a spider's nest there with Ew. cobwebs and... Uh, Are they big spiders? Not big spiders. Yeah. Uh, and I think there was only like one or two and I think they were dead, but it wasn't, wasn't very pleasant. So I was thinking, well, Bit of a shock. probably why it's not working. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. maybe uh, so I think the moral of that story is check that your outdoor devices are properly sealed. So you don't have spiders living inside them. Or anything that I else. have to deal with. Yeah. We had years ago, it must be 10 or 12 years ago, somebody sent um, a switch back and there was something a bit weird about it. So we actually opened up the switch so that we could have a look at the circuit board. And um, inside it was crawling with silverfish. I think I heard about this. Yeah. Story, yeah. And there were thousands of these silverfish things. And oh, it was absolutely awful. I was scratching and itching for days afterwards. It was really awful. We've had that before, though, when somebody sent an outdoor device back and inside there was um, feathers. So I think that had possibly been a nest been, at some point. Yeah, or a bird's flown into it. <laughs> well, that, that's the point, yeah. Could be. Yeah. It does happen, doesn't it? What about um, years... 
again years ago, so I'm interested to know if this still happens, but ADSL routers used to interfere with Christmas lights. Do you still get calls like that? Not so much that, because we don't really do ADSL routers anymore, well, there is but that. Christmas lights are a bit of a menace for another reason. Um, so there's been a few cases of a, a product range we don't do that much of anymore, but we still do a little bit, uh, home plugs or power line adapters. Yeah. Um, which are these little plugs you plug in and they spread the wife or spread the network connection around your house via the mains wiring. And they can be a bit finicky with other stuff being plugged in nearby. And in particular, Christmas lights used to crop up as a common problem with them because the power supplies of Christmas lights tend to be very cheap and very noisy on the wiring. Yeah. And so it used to be that around around the start of December, late November every year, there would be a a sudden influx of people calling in with problems of oh my, my home plug seems to have slowed down or they're not talking to each other and it would always be have you just put your Christmas decorations up for the year <laughs> take them down again <laughs> or, or, or at least unplug them. that yeah, yeah. yeah. move, move them around get yeah. experimental with whether plugged in well for, that's obviously a winter issue what about a summer issue so yeah. we've had a really hot summer has that caused it's, any problems there has been some real problems and some not real but we there has just been the the heat wave, obviously, yeah. uh, which has caused a few problems of technology. And we had one customer who had this access point up in the loft, um, and during the heat wave, this loft it, it basically turned into an oven. Yeah. And uh, they were they were worrying that they'd cooked their access point, and it, it seemed to have stopped working, and they were worried about that. And you know, thankfully, it was still working. Um, so. If that wasn't cool any down. damage, yeah, it may, <laughs> uh, that should hopefully. Was it makes just you wonder how some of these devices actually work. I mean, if they if they were in a loft in say in Australia or in Africa, uh, you know, yeah. how how do they continue working there? Have Maybe a lot better have strong, stronger fans, yeah. Yeah, maybe <laughs> that's what it is. Yeah. What about, uh, well, we've had some questions come in as well. So let's see what comes up. These are not ones that you'll have seen before, but. Um, someone's put how how do i know if my antenna is compatible with my router i mean that's quite a big question that really isn't it yeah uh so presuming they're talking about 4g antennas and 4g routers since that's most of what we do yeah but can apply for wi-fi as well generally it's always going to be compatible um it's just about whether it'll fit in because it could be because most most not all antennas, but a lot of antennas come with their own cabling anyways, and obviously that cabling terminates in a connector, and then the router will also have connectors on it, and so well, it's generally going to be either SMA or TS9 if it's 4G antennas at least. So if if and you we check do adapt your, to yeah, us, don't yeah. we? but if you check your router and it's got little plug-in TS9 connections and your antenna's got SMA connectors that are like big and screw on and that's obviously not going to work straight away. But if you can get like a TS9 to SMA adapter, which we do, then you can get them working together completely fine. So so most of the time it's not an issue of compatibility. They will work. It's just... It's about whether they fit on. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And that's what you need to see. Which leads on to the next question, which is quite an interesting one. And it says, can I use the SIM card out of my phone in my 4G router? Mm. A lot of people do like to do that. And yeah, you can, it will work. Sometimes you might have to, 
depending on if you've got pay as you go or contract or whatever, sometimes you might have to fiddle about with the router's settings to get it to recognise what SIM card you're using with it. Um, it's not really recommended to do that because with your phone SIM, you're probably going to be paying extra money on that for like calls and stuff and text charging. Um, which, if you've got it in your router, it's it's not going to be using any of that. It's going to be using data for the most part. So it's just, it's just kind of a waste because you're paying for the kind of data you're not using. Some mobile providers don't like it either, do they? We had a chap a couple of years back that did that. And what he did is he just changed the SIM every two or three months when the SIM provider found out. Um, because they they specifically wanted you to use a proper data sim yeah. in the router as opposed to using a mobile phone one yeah, but he had found um, a cheaper mobile phone one which worked in his router but once the the they'd found out what he was using it for they switched it off mm. so so you're better off really all round aren't you getting a proper data sim for your yeah, router if you want to use the router in anger i suppose if you're using it occasionally it's probably neither here nor there yeah but if you're going to use it properly then you're better off getting a data sim aren't you it would be a bit annoying if you couldn't use your phone while you're using your router as well Well, <laughs> yeah that's if you were using the same one for sure uh here's another one actually that this that I've had a similar problem with someone who was doing a review recently and they kept calling a 4G antenna a Wi-Fi antenna. So this question says, what's the difference between a Wi-Fi antenna and a mobile antenna? And what I'd said to this chap was, is what you have to remember is this is bringing the 4G in and then the router is providing the Wi-Fi. Yeah. So it is kind of a Wi-Fi mobile setup but the antenna itself really is mm. a 4G antenna. And it's an interesting question of what's the difference between a 4G and a Wi-Fi antenna, because the the real answer to that is there is no difference other than what frequencies it does. Exactly. Um, yeah. So a 4G antenna, it's just a term you use to describe an antenna that operates on the common 4G LTE mobile frequencies, which are like 960, 1710 to 2100 megahertz, yeah. 2700 megahertz. Um, but the Wi Fi frequencies, that obviously 2.4 gig, which is 2400 megahertz, and 5 gig, which is 5000 megahertz, you get some 4G antennas that do them as well. So they're kind of, you call them 4G antennas, but you can also call them Wi Fi antennas because they do them all. So it's, it's, there's, there's not a, that's technology difference. for you, Daniel. Yeah. Out to confuse. Exactly, yeah. So that's why we just call them simpler things like 4G antenna and Wi-Fi antenna, even though perhaps they could do both jobs. It's yeah. just easier to separate them. <laughs> Which goes on to someone said here, uh, they've got a RUT950 from Teltonica. And I mean, this question relates really to any of the routers. Will it work without an antenna? Mm. Well, they do come with well, antennas, yeah, don't they? So you could use the ones question, that come really. with it. They, yeah. they do come with their little uh, indoor plastic antennas that you just screw in and uh, bend upwards and yeah they work fine with that and if you lost them or just didn't want to use them maybe if it was a particularly tight space or something you could even use it without them as well it will still work it's just going to be significantly weaker in terms of performance because obviously it's not going to be the best result is to get an outdoor antenna isn't it always and, yeah and then link it into your teltonica router yeah and you and it you will see an improvement yeah so you, you can use it without any antenna at all. It's just not, not a good idea. Yeah, really. <laughs> it's work as well. If, if you want the best, if you want the optimum result, outdoor antenna, yeah. indoor router, 
solid. Mm -hmm. And we do housings if you want to put the yeah, elevator like outside. Waterproofing well. closures for Indeed. routers to go in. Yeah. yeah, and we do those from pointing and uh, Q Wireless, so there's quite a lot to choose from there. Are there any other questions that you think that people might be interested in hearing the answers to? Um, not so much questions you get a lot. Um, there is sometimes confusion with, let's say, techie terminology. So, yeah. I mean, a word I've been using a lot, which I use loads of times every day, is access point. But most people don't know what an access point is. Or they, well, they don't know the really difference sure, between yeah. an access point and a router. Yeah. Yeah, yeah routers and everyone get, gets misused a lot. Or a router, as some people That's mistakenly American pronounce story. They can't yeah, speak properly. <laughs> they sort of pollute English people as well with the incorrect language. Yeah. Um, but yeah, access points and routers. An access point is, you can, often you would call it like a Wi-Fi hotspot. That's what a lot of people do call it at least. But that's yeah. just a device that it broadcasts a Wi-Fi signal and you can plug it into something that has a network connection to make it broadcast a, a proper network signal. Um, but it doesn't do anything particularly intelligent. It's just there for you to pick up on your devices and connect to the internet. Whereas a router, although it will often function as an access point, because pretty much every router nowadays also does its own Wi-Fi, obviously, um, it does more than that, because a router also controls the network, it, it uses DHCP to kind of allow things to join it on the network. Um, what does DHCP mean? Uh, to I simplify ask? it, it's... Uh, <laughs> It's just it's just a way that any 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 device like a phone or a computer can join to the router's network and automatically work within the network. Mm -hmm. it'll, it'll be allowed in by the router. Yeah. And then the router also controls other stuff like firewalls and VPNs and other complicated stuff like that that the access point basically doesn't do any of that at all. So. Excellent. Well, I think. We should maybe call it a day there. That's probably yeah, bored that, that, people that's enough, covered, do you think? That's, that's covered all the common things. Uh, hopefully I get a few less calls now. <laughs> well, that remains to be seen, doesn't yeah. it? We shall see. What, 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 well, to finish off then, what what, um, what product do you you like giving tech support on? Is, is there a product we've got that you think, oh, this is really good, they're straightforward and easy to answer the questions and you, you think is really you know it's a good one to get a call on i suppose it, it might be it might be the teltonica routers nowadays that they've over the years they've gotten a lot better in terms of how they work and how their interface works yeah and so for the most part they just set up, set up themselves nowadays so it's easy so to direct people they're, they're on easy how to, to help people with that. yeah yeah well that makes life easier for you then doesn't it yeah what about things like the um like the stuff we sell to the caravan people, the the Patriots, and then with the indoor router with that, they're, they're quite common, aren't they? Do you they're get many calls common, on those? Especially around this time in like the past month or so when it's holiday time, because that's yeah. when most people are going to be using them. Yeah. Uh, I like them a bit less to get calls on, just because sometimes they can be a bit... Uh, or they, they, they rely on Wi-Fi, and I, I find Wi-Fi to be notoriously unreliable. So sometimes it's just difficult to get to grips with whether person you're talking to is doing something wrong or if just they're operating in a hopeless scenario where the wi-fi is rubbish in their yeah. area so, so it's a difficult one isn't yeah, it yeah so i, I like, I like uh, teltonica routers because both they're easy to navigate around and also 
you can pretty much always guarantee that if something's not working, you know why. Yeah. Whereas with it's, if it's something to do with Wi-Fi, you have no idea why. <laughs> well, thank you very much, Daniel. I think that's been You're really welcome. interesting. I hope people Good. have found it interesting. Hopefully. Uh, so tune in uh, for our next one. As usual, you can receive our... Um, if you're watching this on YouTube, for instance, we also are on Spotify, Amazon Music and uh, all your other favourite podcast places. If you're listening on those things, you can watch us on YouTube. And uh, that's about it really, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. Right. See you all next time. Bye. Bye. Thank you for watching or thank you for listening, whichever you chose to do. Uh, if you normally listen, by all means, come and have a look at us over on YouTube if you want to scare yourselves. If not, just find us wherever you get your normal podcasts from. Thank you very much. See you next month.